0: God, we know you are a great, great God, and you meet us here. You're in this room, in this place, your spirit working through us, talking to us, opening us to hear your voice. We thank you for this body of believers to gather together to encourage one another. Lord, would you grow us? Would you bring more and more to come to know you, to come alongside, to be this army, to be your army, to be new to know that we have, we can put our old life and give it to you and by the power of the cross be raised again to new life. We thank you for that promise. God, I pray for those this morning that have been walking through some hard things this week. God, would your voice just speak to them this morning to let them know that you are with them, give them strength. Help them to lift their eyes this morning and to see you when it's so easy to just kind of Keep our eyes on this worldly perspective. Help us to lift our eyes, Lord, this morning and to see who you are, that you walk with us. Lord, we pray for our nation today. There's just so much going on, Lord, um, but you see all of it, so we find comfort in that. We pray for our world, for the other Christian believers who who walk in this journey with us and, and face many trials. Strengthen them, Lord. Help us to be on light and on mission for you, and help us to know more and more of who you are this morning through your teaching. Open our ears to hear and to listen. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. You can have a seat.
1: Christ Church. I'm Pastor Bob, lead pastor here at uh, Christ Church. Uh, Thank you for being here this morning, uh, weathering the cold, as Anna said, and uh, being here. Hopefully the Holy Spirit is just warming you up big time, right? Uh, Upper room, glad you're here too. I know you're having an awesome experience uh, upstairs because hot air rises. So enjoy the warmth up there. And uh, all our folks online, uh, obviously glad that you're with us today too. Uh, well, we're in a, in a significant series. Uh, it's been kind of a weighty series, and uh, today we continue uh, looking at uh, emotional baggage, right? The baggage that we carry has been our topic, and today we try to hone in on that section of thinking about uh, emotional baggage. And of course, the starting place is they get a sense of, well, what are we talking about? What What is uh, emotional baggage? So we're going to dive right in, you know. Uh, uh, emotional baggage, at least the definition I'm going to be working out of, we'll see it in Scripture, uh, is uh, when, when we allow other voices, uh, and usually they're negative voices, when we allow uh, other voices, uh, other lies, to speak into our life to such a degree that we begin to believe those voices and believe those lies. And because we believe those voices, because we believe the, those lies... They begin to shape how we see ourselves and how we see our future. Okay, you follow that? Uh, emotional baggage. The baggage we get from other people, other influences, voices that come into our lives, and, and we take that in, we believe it as truth, and the impact of that is it changes the way we see ourselves and the way we see the possibilities. Of our future. I'll give you an example from my own life, and I'm going to be try to be really sensitive here. Uh, it's about my mother, and uh, my mother was uh, a woman at one point in her life uh, where uh, she would uh, self admit uh, that she had lost, in her terms, her girlish figure. I'm not making any judgments here, not trying to tread any water I shouldn't, but if that term's okay, you get the image, right? Uh, yeah, she had a few extra pounds on there, and she had lost her girlish image. And whenever uh, anybody would challenge her about her, her weight or say anything about her appearance, her response was uh, she would say, well, my son, meaning me, is the one who cost me my girlish figure. She would even periodically remind me, just because she wanted to, you know, you cost me my girlish figure. So, of course, I grew up believing that I did that. And after all, what kind of son does that to his mother? What horrible person would actually do such a terrible thing to cause his mother to lose her girlish figure. You get the deal, right? I mean, the truth is, that had tremendous emotional impact in my life because I believed the lie. It told me something and shaped how I saw myself that is emotional baggage. Now, we can go into Scripture, we can see uh, different cases in Scripture where, where emotional baggage uh, shows up. Here's an instance from uh, 2 Samuel where, again, that baggage, those lies or those voices, those influences uh, from, from outside of yourself begins to influence how you see yourself and how you see the possibilities of your future. Uh, This goes back into 2 Samuel. And the background is uh, there was King Saul, first king of Israel. Uh, King Saul had a son named Jonathan. Jonathan had a son named Mephibosheth. That's actually how you say it. I'm not faking that. Uh, Mephibosheth, uh, right? Uh, Now, the experience of Saul and Jonathan is Saul was king, uh, his son Jonathan, of course, defended uh, Saul the king and the kingdom. And the net result is both Saul and Jonathan were killed as a result of conflict with the Philistines. Uh, when they were killed, Mephibosheth was five years old. David became king. The nurse who was taking care of Mephibosheth uh, fled with him, fearing for the boy's life, because whenever a new king moves into town, what does he do with the old king's family? Gets rid of him, right? So fearing for Mephibosheth's life, she fled with this five-year-old boy. Scripture also tells us that he was a young boy who had some physical infirmity uh, and is described as lame feet, okay? Okay. Later on, after David has been on the throne, he begins to think about Mephibosheth because David was a great friend of Jonathan, Mephibosheth's father, right? David and Jonathan were close. They were like brothers to one another. And so David, his heart is softened, and he begins to ask about Jonathan's son. And here in the Scripture, we have... Mephibosheth now coming uh, before David as an older person, coming before David for the first time. And I want you to notice Mephibosheth's self-view of himself as he comes before David. Mephibosheth bowed respectfully and exclaimed, Who is your servant that you should show such kindness to what? To a dead dog like me how does he see himself certainly not very positive dead dog doesn't fall in the positive category I don't think do you so somewhere along the way he has created and believed influences and voices and lies spoken into his life that now when he comes before David he sees himself and the possibilities of his future as a dead dog what's the truth the truth is he's the grandson of a king he is royal and yet in his self-image in his self-view he believes the lies this is emotional baggage. You can see it even by the people of Israel themselves. They're rescued from slavery in Egypt, right? Moses go down. He saves them out of slavery in Egypt where they've been en- enslaved under Pharaoh. He brings them out. They finally get to the promised land. It's the first time that they get to the border of the promised land. They send out spies to go uh, scope out the land. The spies come back. Two of the spies say, ho Let's go get it, right? Fantastic land, great crops. Let's go. God is with us. Everybody else. Everybody else could not shake the lie. They could not shake the falsehood of the self-image that slavery had created in their life. And so here we have the response of the people as as they think about the possibility of their future. Look what it says. It says, look, when we saw the land there, we saw giants that were there, the descendants of Enoch. And next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. What was their view of themselves and the possibility of their future? They continued to believe themselves to be slaves and couldn't see the possibility of what their future could be. They were carrying emotional baggage. We carry emotional baggage. We begin to believe the voices, the falsehoods, the lies that are spoken into our life by our culture, by our world, and by others, and it influences how we see ourselves and the possibilities of our future. I just want to talk about a few of them this morning. There's so many that get spoken into our lives, but I think some common ones that we may all share at one time or another in our lives. This one we probably shared back in junior high. You don't fit in. You're just not good enough. You're not cool enough. You don't wear the right clothes. You don't have the right haircut. You don't speak the right speak. Somehow you're just not with it. So you don't belong. You don't fit. Remember that from junior high? I am the only one that didn't fit in in junior high. Seriously? Come on, people. Right? You Remember that? That's scary stuff. And the trouble is we believed it. We were vulnerable in that age, and we believed it. It shouldn't surprise us. We just talked about King Saul. King Saul, remember the word king, right? He's the guy sitting in the big boy chair right? He's top dog in the nation of Israel. And the prophet Samuel comes to him and begins challenging him about his behavior, which has been contrary to what God says and what God desires in his life. And here's what Saul says, the great king. Saul admitted to Samuel, yep, yes, I have sinned. I have disobeyed your instructions and the Lord's command. So he knew what God had to say. He knew what God wanted him to do, and he disobeys that. Why? Why? for I was afraid of the people and I did what they demanded. What does he want to do? Fit in. Fit in. So often we believe the voices in our life that try to convince us that somehow we just don't fit. Somehow we're just not right. Somehow we're just not appropriate. And we try all kinds of ways to try to convince the world that we do, the car we drive, the house we live in, our bank account, whatever it is, we believe the falsehood, and it dictates how we see ourselves and the future we live into. Or this one, somehow you're just not good enough. You're just not good enough. You're not worthy enough. You just don't measure up. You're never going to amount to anything. And we believe the lie. We carry the baggage. And so we spend our whole life trying to prove that somehow we're good enough. And so we invest all our time, all of our energy, all our creativity. We take everything we are and we pour it into work because we are going to be successful. We're going to prove that they're wrong. We pour all our time, all our energy, everything that we are to make sure that everybody around us know how incredibly wonderful and successful we are. Of course, in the process, we sacrifice our marriage, we sacrifice our kids, but we prove... The lie. Or somehow you just are worthless. You are not even worthy to be loved. Who could love you? We believe the lie. We let it tell us who we are and what our future is going to be and we begin to live not for ourselves, but we begin to live through others. We begin to live vicariously. How many people do you know in the world who believe that lie and they find all of their affirmation through the lives of others? My football team always wins the Super Bowl. If they don't, I get the one that does. Or we live through our kids. And we put the pressure on them to perform and be incredible and be successful, not for them, but for ourselves, so we can live vicariously through them. Or we're like this woman in the Gospel of John, and we begin to look for love in all the wrong places, and we compromise our principles, we compromise what we know God wants us to be and do in our life, and we do anything so that somehow we feel loved and worthy Jesus is at a well a woman comes to him in the middle of the day not the time you go to the well he strikes up a conversation with her begins to talk about her lives and in the course of the conversation he exposes the baggage and the truth in her lives in her life they're talking together and and the woman says look I, I don't understand Jesus said look you're right you don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and you already been married to the man you're living with now. She is looking for love where in all the wrong places. She's trying to get validated as being worthy because of these multiple relationships. She is believing the baggage and letting it influence who she is and what future she has. You see, we all have the possibility and probability of emotional baggage. Now you're feeling really down. But here's the good news. Here's the great news. We have an incredible God, and He is willing to meet us in the baggage. He is willing to meet us wherever we are right now, related to that emotional baggage. He is ready to enter into your life right now in whatever you're feeling in this moment, however you define and understand what we've been talking about this morning. He is ready to invade your life and that baggage. We have the experience here of Hagar and her son. Hagar and her son are thrown out. They're cast out by Abraham and Sarah. They are out in the wilderness. Their life has been destroyed. And what happens God comes to them right where they are. It says, But God heard the boy crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven. Hagar, what's wrong? Do not be afraid. Why? Because God has heard the boy boy crying as he lies where? Right there. In the baggage. Right there. In the wilderness of the baggage. Right there. In the deception and the lies. God is ready to enter into your life this morning, in this room, right now, wherever you are in your life. And he is ready to deal with the baggage. And here's what he says. Tag the bag and forget it. Tag the bag and then forget it. Go ahead and look at your life. Identify that emotional baggage. Tag it for what it is. A falsehood and a lie in God's eyes. And then forget it. Look what he says. But forget what? Forget all of that stuff. Forget that stuff. It's nothing. Forget it. Tag the bag, forget it. It is absolutely nothing in God's eyes. He says, Look, tag the bag. Forget it. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. It's you, the baggage, the emotional bag That stuff is nothing compared to how God sees you. It is nothing to what God sees your life to become. It is nothing compared to how God is ready to work in your life. Tag the bag and forget it. It is nothing compared to what God is prepared to do in your life. Here's the truth. I did not cause my mother to lose her girlish figure. Chocolate, ice cream, and a lot of sugar had a lot more to do with that than me popping out of the womb. Tag the bag and forget it. That's not who I am. Tag the bag and forget it. All we got to do is look at Scripture and see multiple people just like us who have all kinds of baggage, all kinds of emotional baggage, who have just done this simple thing. They've just surrendered their life to Christ, tagged the bag, and said, I am no longer that person. I am who God says I am. Here's just a small list. A small list of people with tons of emotional baggage. Mary Magdalene. Tradition says Mary Magdalene was a woman of ill repute, probably a a, a prostitute. And yet think about this. Who is the first person on Resurrection Sunday, the first person to get the message and the challenge of the mission at the tomb is Mary Magdalene. And Jesus approaches her first and says, go tell the guys the good news in spite of her baggage. Peter, we talked about him, the guy that denied Jesus three times, and yet Peter becomes a foundation of the church. Jacob, a guy who was a swindler and a liar, okay, stole his brother's birthright. And yet, through Jacob, God continues the promises and the lineage that leads to Jesus. The same is true with Ruth and Rahab, foreigners. And you you go into Matthew, and you read through the genealogy in Matthew that ultimately gets to Jesus, and guess whose name you're going to find there? Ruth and Rahab. People with baggage, and yet God creates a new future. Paul, persecutor of the church, murdered Christians and yet we still read the letters that he wrote today and the gospel about Jesus Christ that he proclaims into our life even today. Matthew, tax collector and sinner. And yet we go to his gospel and get the witness of who Jesus Christ is. These are people with baggage. But what happened? Tag the bag and forget it. Why? Not because of who you are, but because of who God is, because of what God has prepared to do in your life. Look at the disciples, the early disciples. Here we have the example of Peter and John, right? They're, they're arrested before they had the Sanhedrin, the ruling council of the Jews, and here's the way the Jews looked at them. It says they looked at them and they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training. What if they believed that? What if the apostles would have believed that? The voices that were speaking about them in their time. What if they would have believed the powerful Sanhedrin? Oh yeah, we're just fishermen. (laughs) I don't see how we can make any difference in the world. I don't see how my life can do anything for the cause of the kingdom of heaven. If they would have believed those falsehoods, if they would have believed those lies, you would not be sitting in the room today. But they didn't believe it. Tag the bag and forget it. Why? Not because of who you are, who God is. And God looks at your life. He shows no favoritism. He only sees Jesus Christ in your life and what you can be and what God can do in your future. You can tag the bag and you forget it. When we tag the bag, when we forget it, We need to step into listening to a different voice, right? You see, it is the negative voices, those influences that want to keep pushing our lives and creating this emotional baggage. You just need to stop listening to the voices and start listening to something more powerful in your life. Stop listening to the falsehood and start listening to what God says. You are in Christ who God says you are. You are in Christ who God claims you to be. You are in Christ who God makes you. You can tag your bag and forget it and stop listening to the voices. It's as simple as this just change the station. By the way, anybody know when the first push button radio went into a car? I do. 1936. The Motorola company. Think about Motorola. Motor. And Victrola, you put them together and you get Motorola. What's the whole principle behind the radio? The push button radio. If you don't like what you're listening to, what do you do? Push a button. Start listening to something else. You don't like what somebody's singing or saying? Push a button. Start listening to something else. Tag the bag. Forget it. Stop listening to the lies. Start listening to the truth. Start listening to what God says about you. Start listening to what God promises over your life. Tag the bag. Forget it. Change the channel. Start listening to the truth. Surround yourself with the truth. What's the truth? Well, if you're a Christ follower and you've already received Christ and said, Listen, my life is no longer my own. It is His. I am in Christ then you belong to him. You don't belong to the falsehoods. You don't belong to the voices. You don't belong to the lies. You belong to the truth. You belong to Christ. You are not what you were. You are who he says you are. Second Corinthians, Paul says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a what? A new person. Take the bag. Forget it. Change the channel. Believe what God says about you. In Christ, you are forgiven. You wonder how valuable you are? You wonder how, uh, what your worth is? You are so incredibly valuable that the Son of God would give up his life. That's how valuable you are. You are worth the blood of Jesus Christ laid out on some lumber. You wonder... You wonder about your life and how big it become and what your future can be? You're in Christ. You belong to a movement and a cause that will change the face of the earth. Your life is about something so much bigger than yourself. Your life is about changing people's hearts for the cause and the sake of eternity. Don't believe the lies believe the channel, change the channel, believe what God says. In Christ you are a soldier in the kingdom of heaven advancing the cause of Christ and changing people's hearts one at a time and eternity becomes different because of it. In Christ, in Christ you don't walk alone, in Christ you don't have to do it alone, in Christ you have God's own spirits in your day, in your life, in your very being. You don't have to walk it alone, do it alone. You have a power loose in you that is incomparable with anything in this world. You have the very presence of the Spirit of God. You are royal. Like Meshibboeth, you belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Tag the bag forget it, and change the channel. Start listening to what God says about who you are. Tag the bag, forget it, and change the channel. And get to that place where you are so surrounded by the truth of what God says that you understand how incredibly blessed you are. How incredible... Christ is in your life and what future He has for you. Paul says in Ephesians, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. That's who you are. That's what you have in your life. Tag the bag. Forget the emotional baggage. Change the channel. It means for some of you 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 got to step into a new future that God chooses for you and you got to surround yourself with what God says. That means yeah, sure, you got to be here every single week in worship. You got to get into a small group, you got to get into celebrate recovery, you got to get into prayer every single day. You got to have the word loose in your life. You got to get involved in a ministry where you're making a difference for the cause of the kingdom of heaven. You need to serve on Sunday morning and influence people that come in that door so they understand the same truth. You see, you change the channel, you surround yourself with the truth. And your emotional baggage doesn't exist because you are a new person in Christ and you are who He says you are. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thanks. Uh, We want to believe that this morning. Uh, We all carry the baggage. Different voices, different experiences that try to tell us we're not worthy, we're not lovable. You know the list. Today we just humbly ask you, uh, convince us in Christ to just take that bag. Just uh, forget it and instead step into being that new person that you say we are, to believe the new person you say we are, to believe the promises in our life, the forgiveness in our life, the future that you have for us, your very Spirit at loose in our every day. Lord, convict us in this moment that we are a royal priesthood, a holy family, children of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Surround us with your voice. Surround us with other Christians who can proclaim into us, challenge us, and encourage us. Surround us with the opportunity of ministry that we make a difference every day for the kingdom of heaven. Lord, build in us such a commitment that we no longer hear the voices of the lies, but we only hear and know the truth. In Jesus Christ our Lord, we pray.